Welcome to the Get Fit AF with Angie Fraser podcast, a fitness channel with a difference. We aim to challenge traditional views on fitness and what it means to be fit AF. We cover real questions from real people, including my clients and friends, chat with inspiring and passionate people, and maybe the odd rant along the way. Join us to get fit AF without the bullshit. So my husband puts on the cricket last night and I'm not really watching it. I used to really like the cricket back in the days of Warney, Brett Lee, Glenn McGrath. We lived in London during the 2005 Ashes and it was great fun going along and getting absolutely slated by the English fans just for being Aussie. Lots of banter and atmosphere. But I kind of don't have time for it anymore and don't really know who any of the players are, etc. So I'm sitting there pretty much ignoring the cricket, but I'm in the lounge room with my husband looking at my emails. So that's his cue to start shit stirring me. And he says, these dudes train for six hours a day. I said, yeah, that's fair. For comparison, I probably train about six hours a week if I'm lucky. And so he proceeds to tell me I'm lazy, obviously to try and get a rise out of me compared to these cricketers. But in all seriousness, it raises some interesting points around amount of training needed, the purpose of the training, the context of the situation. So first of all, obviously, it's their job to be professional cricketers. Believe it or not, most of my job as the owner of a fitness business is not working out. And I have to try really hard to fit my own workouts in around all my commitments, running the business, looking after clients cleaning, general life shit like washing, cooking, cleaning, paying bills. And yes, to be fair, I do post my workouts usually in the middle of the day, which might make it seem like I have a lot of spare time to work out. But that's down to working a job where I'm generally free when other people are working. And um, when, when, and I'm working, sorry, I'm working when everyone else is free and that's when they're doing their workouts. So you've got to love that split shift life, not. A lot of times I could be doing something to do with work, but I use my workouts as a procrastination tool, whereas most people procrastinate on getting their workout done. I'm yet to find the happy medium with that. I mean, it's a good thing, right, that I'm pretty driven to do my workouts, but then you could argue that there's a lot of other shit that I could get done too. The thing is, training for six hours a day might be necessary for professional athletes if you consider A, it's their job, B, within that time, they probably need to fit in their skills-based work as well as strength and conditioning, as well as prehab, injury prevention. These guys just eat, sleep, train, repeat. And what was really interesting last night was some of the commentators were talking about how when they played international cricket, they still had jobs as they didn't get paid much. But obviously now it's a bit different um, where training is their full-time job, six hours a day. Let's not even go into the social and other sacrifices that these guys make to be at the top of their game when most of us aren't prepared to give up our Friday night pizza because we love it so much. So the question... Dear husband armchair commentator, 
Am I a professional athlete who does sports full time? No. Are you? Also no. So do we need to train for six hours a day as the average person? Or could we even if we wanted to? Probably not. I have a friend who used to work for one of the top CrossFit boxes in Melbourne. And she tells me she used to train for five hours a day because it was literally her job to look and perform a certain way in order to get more people into the classes. That was literally all she did. She trained, ate and slept and didn't have much time for other things in life like relationships, for example. Which, if we look at the people who were being sold the classes, they were more likely to be coming out of a nine to ten hour a day office job going into the classes and hoping to eventually reach that level of performance like her, when in reality they had no chance of, a, of having that same kind of schedule unless they quit their jobs. This is one of my biggest problems with the fitness industry. It's a little dishonest, right? We see people who do things outside the realms of what the average person like you or I is able or willing to do, and then they sell fitness products to us. Bodybuilding is another great example. Another awkward moment I had with a client was explaining to her that the lady she follows on Instagram who owns an F45 and my client said is goals doesn't actually do F45 to look that way. For me to get her those results would require her to diet her ass off literally and commit to thousands of repetitions each week which I knew she just didn't have the time for being a shift worker, a mum and human. Another client asked if I would put a training plan together for her teenage son as she was concerned he was doing too many weight sessions in her opinion. I said, is he well, free from injury? Is he enjoying it? She said, yes. So I said, what's your concern then? She said, well, I think he might just be doing too much. It's a fair question, but let's be honest. If we look at him, he's young, his body will recover well. He's probably not got much else going on in terms of responsibility and general life stresses. And as he's just putting his own sessions together, he's probably not training with a level of intensity every day that would be of concern. Fast forward to when he's an adult, if he wants to keep training, he's going to need to get into the detail of things a little more to optimize his training and recovery. But for now, I say, if all is well, let him go. So it's really about putting things in context. Don't compare my training amount in the context of my life to professional cricketers. So what about the average punter then? If you like to train a lot and you can train a lot and it's not negatively impacting other areas of your life, go for it. It's very individual. But doing as much as possible all the time is not the only way to go about fitness goals. So how about we find some middle ground? I far too often come across adults who talk about how they used to be really fit, they used to go to the gym two hours a day, they used to play all this sport, blah, blah, blah. Then they got a job, life took over, and now they struggle to maintain any level of fitness or even a healthy weight. I often question, is this because of the dichotomous thinking that we tend to have all or nothing? I either need to do that again or do nothing. Not the case. 
For some clients, I would recommend doing shorter, more intense sessions more frequently if that suits their schedule. Maybe coming in five days a week for 30-minute sessions, alternating between lifting, HIIT, uh, core work, active recovery, um, cardio, and for others, maybe three bigger sessions per week, focusing on the exercises that will give them more bang for their buck and making use of the days where they can't train to recover. There are so many ways to go about training as a normal everyday person. And the beauty is that we are not pressured by performance deadlines. We can simply train for the love of it. If I use my own training currently as an example, I've got one day where I have more time to train and I do a full body session with a focus on squat and push. As my weights are getting heavier, it's taking me a little bit longer to get through that session um, with rest times between the lifts. Um, so I save that for days when I don't have too many other commitments. Then between that, I'll do some body weight hit and maybe some core work. I consider that kind of a recovery day, although some people wouldn't. It just depends how long you've been training for and what you can tolerate. Then I have another day with a focus on upper body pull. I might have a rest day between that or I might do another Metafit bodyweight hit session depending how I'm feeling, um, how tired I am, how sore my muscles are, do they need rest, etc. Then I have a squat and accessory session which I focus on the squats being heavy but then the other work is not overly taxing in that session. So that's just pushing up my total number of squats for the week. So my training volume there. Um, and then I've added in a moderate longer cardio day. So more endurance space on the ergs um, that we have at the shed. So ski, row, bike, um, because they're no impact and they're pretty tough, let's be honest. And also it's it's a bit of a personal challenge because I don't, I tend to prefer hit. I don't like just going at a moderate intensity for a long time. So it's a little bit of a personal challenge to get over that mental um, hurdle there and just train in a different way, a way that I don't really like. That might sound a bit weird, but I honestly think that we need to do things we don't like sometimes. And my clients will um, have heard me say this possibly. So that training that I just described might sound a, like a lot to the average person. Uh, the average person is more frequently reporting that time is their barrier to, um, not working out. Um, but in the scheme of things in the fitness realm, my training load is fairly minimal when you compare it with athletes, fitness influencers, bodybuilders. These are the people whose content we are regularly consuming. And it's in no way representative of the time available or even desirable for the average person to allocate to their training, right? Same as the cricketers. So you might wonder, having listened to my training, if I'm training this much in order to burn calories, inverted commas, reach a physique goal, or even punish myself. But the answer is that I actually enjoy it. I enjoy how it makes me feel. And it's a constant struggle for me to fit in all of what I want to do into my training sessions and week. So I have to be pretty selective. At the moment, 
Um, I'm actually carrying some extra kilos that I've gained in the last 12 months or so, which might sound horrific to some people. But in fact, in terms of my training, it makes my sessions so much better, more tolerable. I can lift more, recover easily, and I'm not preoccupied with hunger or needing to burn a certain number of calories. If I'm really honest, doing all the training that I love actually increases my appetite and has me maintaining a little heavier than I'd like. So that's another thing to think about when considering how to go about your personal goals, like how much training you're going to do. Is that going to increase your appetite? Are you an appetite-driven person or can you increase the amount of training that you're doing while keeping your food intake in check? It's very individual. But going back to my training, my short-term goal is to max out what I can lift with good form for 10 reps on my chosen exercises. And I've got about four weeks left of this training block. So far, so good. I'm really enjoying it and feeling great. I know that many people would think, why bother then? As the primary reason that most people get started back into fitness in summer is to change the look, size or weight of their body. They go about it by throwing everything they can at it until they cannot sustain the time, energy and lack of recovery any longer. Usually about four to six weeks, sometimes less. This short-sightedness and incorrect application of exercise to a goal of what I would really call fat loss frequently leads to a decrease in motivation and ultimately not continuing on with the plan. I recently got a look from a person who, when they asked me what was the best exercise to reduce belly fat, I proceeded to give them a truthful answer. They didn't really appreciate that. Which makes me think, should I lie like the majority of the fitness industry in order to keep clients? Like I could have told this person, yeah, just do um, heaps of hanging knee raises or ball-weighted sit-ups but I'm not going to do that. I'll continue being honest because it helps me sleep at night. So if your goal is to increase your muscle and strength, even to change the way you look, as in be more toned, inverted commas again, this requires building muscle, by the way, you're going to need to allocate a longer time frame to this goal, given that muscle growth is so much slower than simply dropping body weight or even improving your cardio fitness as it requires consistently applying progressive overload in sessions with adequate recovery between. So if I switched my personal goal um, to training to lose weight, I would absolutely maintain my weights training sessions, but I would primarily need to focus on a calorie deficit to lose fat. This will likely mean that my performance will suffer in my training sessions, so I'd need to lighten them up. And I may also then start to include a bit more cardio in the short term. I'd prioritize the ergs for this as they're no impact and resisted. So they're not going to burn my muscle while I'm in a calorie deficit. They'll still train my whole body with the pushing and pulling versus heading out and doing impact stuff like walking or running for hours to burn calories. Metafit is also a great session when you want to lose fat but not muscle, although being in a caloric deficit, it will likely suck even more, so choose your suffering. Ideally, I would keep my fat loss phase shorter term 
just for um, adherence and psychological um, factors. Um, the longer that you diet, the harder it tends to get for most people. Um, and then I'd plan to do a maintenance or strength block afterwards, similar to what I'm doing now, just so I can enjoy training again and not be potentially so food focused. But ultimately, the best training plan is the one that you can stick to for longer than four to six weeks. And in my opinion, breaks down your overall goal into focused, sustainable blocks rather than trying to do it all all the time, which is not realistic for most people, right? So I guess in summary, the questions to ask yourself when you're looking at your fitness goals are, are you a professional athlete? Are you playing international cricket? Probably not. So what is your main goal? Be honest and realistic about how long it will take and how much time you can commit to the goal. Then let's break it down into focus blocks that you can easily track and measure progress on. There are so many ways to approach a fitness goal and my passion is breaking it down into customized solutions for my clients. You can email me at coach at fitaf.com.au to learn more about how I work with my clients. I'd love to hear from you.